0: Thank you, Ron Barassi, for your rendition of our theme, and welcome to episode 25 of the Sharp and Comedy Podcast, where we like to talk about the best Australian comedy show of the 90s ever made, The Late Show, and other degeneration comedy tidbits. My name is Matt, and joining this podcast today is Alison, Daniel, Kim, and Prue. <laughs> Hello, hey, and we've got a really tight show, a lot jam-packed, so we might as well get straight into it. Also joining us in this episode is guest reviewer and Bella Aficionado. You might remember him from, I don't know, maybe this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, there's going to be plenty more where that came from. <laughs> we've got Remy Broadway! <laughs> otherwise known as piffy the bell ringer hello okay
2: (laughs) what is the origin of the name piffy so when i was little i was in this pantomime and i was playing wee -wee Willy winky i came out on the stage i was you know a little kid and i said uh, i'm wee Willy winky i run through the town blah 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 and then at some point during the show this kid who doesn't believe in fairy tales called me winkle piffle and i was very (laughs) indignant. i said he called me winkle piffle and it kind of stuck
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we have one, or actually three correspondents here. No, we'll make it two. Yes, and we have Steve Owen, who is a regular of our Champagne Comedies website, and he actually has a bit of feedback from episode twenty-four, straight up with the commercial Crime Stoppers bit. Daniel, yeah, the porn star is Joey Silvia. <laughs> right.
1: Uh,
0: yeah. Okay, good. Steve, thanks for knowing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, the last couple of episodes where we're trying to work out the kerfuffle between uh, Craig McDermott and Alan Border with the Biffo in the cricket. That yeah, because was... none of us
3: know about sport. <laughs> yeah, we've got zero
0: <laughs> experience. But this is what it was all about. Here's the audio grab. Hey, hey,
4: hey! What do you do? Talk to you. Come here! Come here! Come here! Come here! Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. To shocked
5: laughter from the crowd, the paceman answers back. He's threatened with a ticket home.
0: That again, mate. Next plano. <laughs> then one final warning. <laughs> if you couldn't hear that properly, the clip is on YouTube. We'll tweet that out. So, yeah, apparently it's very infamous within the cricket bands.
6: Right. Yeah. Sounds like decent captaincy to me. <laughs> <It's> nothing <laughs> hideous there.
7: Well, if he was playing badly, I suppose that's legit. But was there a bit more to the story? Was there a bit of personal
0: rivalry? I I don't know. No idea. Probably. (laughs) Write write in and tell us. And also champagne comedy guest reviewer and also future reviewer, uh, Stephen Plunkett. He's got one little bit of the history of champagne comedy from episode 24 with what what we know it as champagne comedy here's steve's message
3: hey there champagne comedy podcast it's your favorite australian in america steven here (laughs) in episode 24 you were talking about the eponymous champagne comedy bit from tommy g's news desk with rob stitch coming out in a tuxedo but you weren't quite sure where the origin of that bit came from well i dug into the get this archives and this is from the august 22nd 2007 episode with Rob co-hosting. Have a listen to
5: this. <laughs> I was actually explaining to somebody on the cover of the champagne edition of The Late Show. It's actually... Some of the irony's been lost. I was explaining today it was because Tom had had pre-recorded the worst st- um, yeah, comedy sketch... That's right. ...in sketch comedy history. That's true. <laughs> and to which I said, Tom... I, I, I watered it down and just said it was really bad. And, and Tom said, well, you, I've just got nothing to fill it with. I said, that's no reason to show it. And he said, well... <laughs> That's all the reason I need, and so that's why I went and got a tuxedo and the champagne. That's right. And you coined that phrase, champagne comedy, which comes from who was the bloke who used to say champagne football all the time? Oh God, now now I'm getting champagne football. Was that the captain and the major? Yeah. Well, we was yeah, yeah. What was that? What were their names? That's when we when we came up the, the the characters, Graham and the Colonel. We'd run out of ranks because they'd taken <laughs> Captain Major. We grabbed Colonel and well, we can't be the general. We can't. And so I called Graham. The character's only going to
0: last two weeks and it's 20 years now. It's been haunting me.
3: So there you go. Liam Renton was right.
0: So there's the origin of champagne comedy. So thank you very much, Stephen, for supplying that. And sorry, mate, you can't win the button and sticker set (laughs) of the champagne comedy which leads me to the competition of doing your own best champagne comedy pose where you could win this button pin thing metallic thing from the dinkum (laughs) company and the sticker set it's
6: truly a glorious prize
0: yeah fantastic of these so i've actually got one person who's (laughs) entered (laughs)
7: <laughs>
6: oh, all
0: yeah so so far you gotta
7: start somewhere yeah yeah definitely yeah.
0: now here's the question how do i send an image to everyone in the chat function right yeah on. maybe
7: there's a
6: share screen or something
0: here we go that's the face oh,
6: oh that's, that's pretty good uh, that's
1: yeah.
0: good that's, that's Tong really bob. good so tongan bob you're in the running <laughs> well 100 oh he's up in the running year. all right yeah all he's done. That's a bottle of Sea View as well,
7: because Rob didn't actually have proper champagne. He had Sea View.
0: Ah, <laughs> well, that is Tongan Bob photoshopping his head on Rob. So that's the ah, best, best okay. we're going to get. <laughs> nice Just... little bit of
3: Photoshop work, though. Yep. Yeah.
8: yeah. Be funny if he actually wins and he gets a magnet with his own face on it. <laughs>
7: <laughs> now, do people have to recreate the champagne comedy pose or can they do any pose from the program? Oh.
0: We prefer the champagne comedy pose, but if you want to come up with something else, you're more than welcome to. Considering that we only have one entrant at the, mom- at the moment, we probably shouldn't be too picky. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: if you
0: just send something like that and uh, we'll tweet the image out, put it on Facebook, etc., cetera, um, and also put it on champagnecomedy.com. If you simply email your photo to champagnelateshow at gmail.com, all the T's and C's are on the website. And now here's one more little bit, another competition. So we've got two comps going. Let's throw back to season one.
6: Chances.
0: Chances. 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 Yeah, chances. 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 So, all the hype of chance talk from season one. We've got a box set to give away.
4: Wow.
0: Thanks oh, wow. to Vive Vision Entertainment. And so, it's season one of Chances 59 episodes. Thanks to How, Vi- how, how, how many discs? 16. That's a lot of discs. Yep. So Champagne Comedy Pins is only available to Australian residences uh, because it's coming from the Dinkum Company. This one here is open to worldwide, but depending on the postage because uh, it's going to come out of my pocket. But uh, yeah, Vi Vision of giving this one away uh, was a podcast you got until the 31st of October 2021 to enter. And what I thought of the best way to win this and the connection with chances as well I've got to say is that it's also it's created by mr. Frontbottom himself <laughs> Brendan Lunny and starring Jeremy Sims' ass uh, Michael Caton Kevin J Wilson who ends up being the third producer in frontline and Alwyn Kurtz who' also appeared in the olden days rush and also uh, de genocide so there, mm-hmm. there's your connections there. Now mm-hmm. the form is on the champagne right now on the podcast page. And all you have to do is simply answer this question. Where would you like to see Jeremy Sims' ass? <laughs> <laughs> and here's a few ideas which I've come up with, like maybe on the podium of, during Skymo's speeches, uh, on the judging oh. panel of The Voice, or uh, next to Ed Cavalier on Have You Been Paying Attention? <laughs> so <laughs> we've got one box set to give away. Just go to the website and you'll see more more creative, the better. You're all good, Kim. Yeah, I'm just waving at at Remy's oh, son. Yeah, oh, Remy Junior. <laughs> now, can,
7: can Remy Junior play the bells yet?
2: Remy Junior is playing with my leads.
7: Fifty Junior,
8: wow, <laughs> new generation.
2: So yes, he uh, his I introduced he, he met the bells about fifteen minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> R- oh, Excellent.
0: We, you I saw, saw play it here
2: first. Ringing a bell. <laughs>
0: so after all the competitions just go to ChampagneComedy.com and you'll see all the stuff there now it's time for I've got the paper (laughs) (laughs) the program guide Daniel All
3: right, thanks Matt Um, so this is all from Ross Warnicke's critical guide in the Saturday age uh, where he gets to uh, put in his little comments next to the listings Uh, starting with Channel 7 it's yet another double episode of the Darling Buds of May Uh, double episode wow well there were, there were sort of there were two parties. so channel 7 uh, like, uh, in the uk they were being broadcast once a week and uh, mm-hmm. yeah channel 7 was just doubling up uh, with uh, the heartwarming british series tonight marietta's mar- marriage is tested when a teacher makes a pass at charlie with Catherine Cedar-Jones. Over on Channel 9 on Hey Hey Saturday, we've got special guests Rick Price, Euphoria and Rob Guest, probably all performing uh, as well. Then at 8.30, it's delayed coverage of the morning session of the third day's play in the third test at Trent Bridge. Um, And then later in the night, uh, it's uh, Channel 9's direct telecast of the women's uh, final of Wimbledon. Then after all of that, at 4am, Back to the Ashes, Says Warnicke, if you are still interested and awake, this is a delayed coverage. <laughs> you know, back in 1993, they, they only had the one channel to, to juggle this sort of stuff onto. You know, whereas nowadays, you know, you've got multi-channels and you've got online and you've got uh, subscription TV. Back in 1993, you had to choose between um, either Ashes or Wimbledon. You couldn't have both at the same time. Uh, over on Channel 10, there's another BL striker telemovie Private Eye Striker, played by Burt Reynolds, tries to protect a young religious seller from a corrupt evangelist uh, who wants to control his substantial wealth. And it uh, co-stars Neil Patrick Harris. Brackets from Doogie Hauser. Close brackets.
6: Mm. I know. I love that show.
3: Uh, over on SBS, uh, it's the uh, fourth film in the Francois Truffaut se- uh, season. It's uh, from 1964 and it's called The Soft Skin. Uh, says Warnieke, <laughs> this love triangle drama is the least rewarding of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly because the character studies are weak, he says. There you go. I'm sure it'll be something Just ripping like into classic
6: print and... cinema. <laughs>
1: well,
6: hey, I'm, I'm sure it'll be something
3: foreign and black and white next Saturday over on the ABC. Uh, the lead in at 9:30 is Birds of a Feather. Says Warnakey, while their husbands are sewing mailbags, Sharon and Tracy struggle to make ends meet. To raise some cash, they try the art of selling.
1: I do?
3: Dorian, she's still a dirty cow. Dirty cat Much better accent than mine 10 o'clock the listing just says that uh, The Late Show is a satire and sketch comedy From Melbourne's Dear Can't argue with that Now (laughs) after The Late Show at 11 o'clock Is something kind of interesting I think Uh, Something called Jeffrey Robertson's Trials of Oz a, a dramatic reenactment of the famous London trial of three editors of Oz magazine, accused of undermining the morals of the British.
7: That's uh, a really good program. I I have seen that. I remember watching mm. it when it was first broadcast, and it was it was first broadcast in it like on a Monday night or something like that. So in a pro- in a proper time slot. So this is a repeat, <laughs> I assume. Mm. Uh, yeah, you're you're right there, Alison. Yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, so this stars Simon Callow, Nigel Hawthorne, Leslie Phillips. And uh, as... Um, uh, I've just forgotten his name. Uh, well,
7: Peter O'Brien's in it as well. isn't he? He's, he's one of the... Oh, he is. No, uh, as, uh, as Richard Neville, we have Hugh Grant, or as
3: it says in the listings here, Hi, Grant. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite an, an interesting um, bit of TV, and uh, it is available on YouTube, along with um, there's like a, um, an, an introduction sort of setting up what the, the trial was about and a discussion afterwards that uh, you can see on YouTube. Then at 12.30, the ATVI news and at 1am, Rage uh, featuring Split
0: Thank you, Daniel, for that. All right, let's get straight into it with uh, The Late Show. Season 2, Episode 5 on Saturday, July 3rd, 1993. And we have the opening, which is Wimbledon and the third test from Trent Bridge has been cancelled due to rain. Also, it's pissing down in the Late Show studio. So much rain and wet weather that day. ABC sportscaster Tim Lane explains it's too wet for comedy. And the ABC reporter Mary Giran is on set chatting to Tony and they're ready to launch into the standby program Dad's Army.
6: I thought this um, gag was quite clever actually. Like the whole it looked like sort of some sort of rain effect that they were putting across the the visual. And you know all the audience have got umbrellas and then there's like people mopping up the rain. I just thought for a daggy joke, if they did it well,
7: yeah, it's pretty impressive. I, I think
3: for mine, Tim Lane really sells that uh, that sportscaster vibe, uh, especially when he starts off saying, "Well, no joy for late show fans here tonight." So,
8: Remy, what was your experience um, when you, you were called up to actually be on the on the show? Were you in the audience as well at this? Point?
2: No, the first appearance, I had no idea what was going on. Um...
8: So they just played it, and you didn't even know. That they were going Not a
2: like... It was uh, people started ringing me up and saying, "Remy, we just saw you on the Late Show." I said, "What's what's the Late Show?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he,
7: the... he didn't he didn't watch the program. He didn't know what it was.
2: No, I'll be honest. Wow. I didn't know what the Late Show was. Uh, mm-hmm. I was 15, focused on school, and then uh, and, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, just it all happened. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they so they saying... me down, gave me yeah. a, a day or two to to prepare and there I was <laughs> sitting in this uh, I think from memory I was sitting in like a green room or something while the show was starting so I was just sitting there watching that whole green thing with the umbrellas and whatever thinking well I don't know what's going on <laughs>
7: <laughs> So had you lovely. had you come down to Melbourne a couple of days beforehand and done rehearsals no, with the team no, no, or They
2: flew me down from memory I mean you know it was 30 years ago they, they flew me down that afternoon I think so I just did my thing and stayed the night and flew back up the next day. Did it you actually grand. play the Graham and the
6: Colonel song on the bells? Like, did you learn how to do that?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they sent me a recording of the song and then I just had to listen to it and try and... Because, and the other issue I've got is uh, there's, only, there's only eight bells. Yeah. Uh, which gives me yeah. eight yeah. nuts. Uh, <laughs> so uh, to this day, I'm not really happy with the sound because it wasn't quite right, but I had to do the best with. Yeah,
6: was amazing. it amazing. It's really good.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it did seem like the the music might have been slowed down a bit just to accommodate the the, the key of the bells, but um, not not by too much that that you'd really notice. I think
2: they, they might, they, yeah, they might have done that. Um, the, the key, to, to be honest, I can't remember what key it was in, but the, the bells are in the key of A. It's possible they slowed down a bit to make it fit, but just mm-hmm. like the octave, for example, like you notice I go up and then I have to go back down to the bottom again, and I've got mm-hmm. no incidentals on <laughs> yeah. As a musician, it's a bit frustrating, but it, like you said, it, it worked. Yeah, it did <laughs> kind of
8: good. So they contacted you or, or your family to actually see if uh, you? No, actually
2: one of my friends who was an old showbiz guy rang up and said, oh, I just saw you in the light show, and they said, if you're out there, give us a call. Uh, so my parents rang up and said, hey, you guys said call if you're out there, and we're out there.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> come, on, to come on down and fly down. And-
3: I, I, th- I think it might have also helped that... Certainly with the segment from Potluck that was shown, like, there didn't seem to be anything sort of malicious about it. You seemed to be pretty well received by, well, by Bernard, by the Potluck audience, by yeah, the Late yeah. Show audience as well.
2: Well, t- to be honest, I, I, I did a lot of uh, talent shows. Uh, so as far as I was concerned, Potluck was just another talent show. I didn't realise until I saw the the Late Show uh, toilet break that, that Bernard was actually malicious. people. <laughs> <Toilet laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I just went on and, and won and did my thing and moved on and then
7: <laughs> well, what, what are your memories of,
2: of doing potluck because you were seven when you did that weren't you uh i, I think i was nine but close enough nine to, um, okay um i don't have a lot of memories what i do remember because i i didn't really use the name piffy outside of my family and when we were there the, the ernie sigley said oh um his name's Remy, you know, do you have a nickname that you call him? It might be a bit cuter if we use his nickname. And Mum said, oh, we call him Piffy." Like, oh, Mum.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Little did I know
2: that that would stick for another 40, 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's my main memory. The other memory I have is that, that for some reason, the original show we filmed um, didn't get aired and we had to go back and re-film the, the, the episode for some reason. I don't, so you, you
3: actually performed twice?
2: Yeah, so the one you're seeing was the second performance. Uh, so some, I, I don't know whether, I can't remember, something went wrong with the, the recording. I forgot like got to hit record. No. Yeah. <laughs> really silly. Um, I was just really grateful that I won the second time as well because I think, oh, I've got to compete again. That's not fair. <laughs> That's
3: not <running laughs> now, now, see, this is the, the thing we, we didn't know just from the brief uh, clip on, on, on the last show. So you won the episode of Potluck.
7: Yeah. Right. Yeah. What, what oh, well did then. that mean? Did did you then get to go into a semi final of potluck, or what happened?
2: To be honest, I don't remember a semi final. Um, I did win fifteen hundred dollars worth of silverware. <laughs> <laughs> what,
7: what every nine year old wants is fifteen hundred oh, well, dollars yeah. worth of silverware.
2: Uh, still yeah, I still got it. I still have my silverware. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> pass down to but, your kids. Yeah, there you go. This is a memento.
3: I don't suppose you found out from any of the late show people as to why you were picked out of the many acts on Potluck um, to be showcased? Uh,
2: No, no. Um, They they did have it. I mean, from what I understand, again, I wasn't a late show fan. Obviously, I became one. Um, But they had a toilet break every weekend. They they had different acts they would show. Um, Yeah. In, and in the know, in the first they're season they're it was just, all of
3: these musical numbers uh, yeah. from old seventies shows and then in season two it was all stuff called from
2: potluck. Gotcha, yeah. Why do you think that they chose you? Oh look, I like to think because they were amazed at how talented I am, but probably just because <laughs> it was funny, you know? yeah. <laughs> a little, yeah. yeah. It, it was it uh,
6: have,
1: this is uh, a
7: perfect
6: mix <laughs> funny and, and amazing. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: pretty
7: funny. Uh, have you have
2: you still <laughs> got the jumpsuit? Uh, you know, my mum probably still does have the
1: jumpsuit. She <laughs> keeps everything.
2: She's got the red shirt with the big thing somewhere. <laughs>
0: Excellent. <laughs> well, well, we can talk about it more uh, as we get when we eventually introduce you into the show, I guess. Yeah. So, but we've got the opening remarks after the opening titles, Tony and Judith on stage instead of Mick. And after Tony's ears of recovering after being blasted by the luck like, in the truck lady on the Visard program, I couldn't find a clip of that. Um, and I, <laughs> I originally thought it was Wendy Mooney, then I realised that she was part of Don't Forget Your Toothbrush years later. Yeah. The reason why Judith was on stage, uh, it's where Tony's just gone, hmm, I think you're up to something here. You
4: dirty bird. Listen, I, I know I said you could do the intro, but
1: I just think it's too early. Oh god! I love you, Nick.
0: <laughs> Basically reenacting the hobbling scene from misery. There's another entry into Mick and Judith relationship.
7: Oh, this definitely is, and then she follows it up with a brilliant line, which is which is something like, "I bet there's a few women out there who were jelly beans about having Mick Malloy strapped to a bed," which, which you know again feeds into my theory that they were definitely a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
6: <laughs> but then she says, "I'm not talking about him being strapped to the bed. I'm talking about wearing that wig." <laughs> it was a classic. I love um I think this episode's got some amazing um like filmed sections, and it's a real standout because it doesn't have any of the Santo on the handy cam stuff. it's it obviously looks like it's the ABC film crew filming something you know off-site or what whatever. and it, so it's looking amazing. Everything looks really slick, I think, in this episode. <laughs> but I do think it's funny how. Comedians are obsessed with the film Misery. I don't know if it's like they love it, like they this is their fantasy. <laughs> Everyone jokes about Misery, and it just it's like watching another Misery gag. I'm like, oh yeah.
7: <laughs> it was a fairly recent film at the time. It, it came out 1990, I think, so it was was still very much in the public consciousness. But I would agree with you, Prue, that this is a really good episode. We were talking last episode about how great the the fourth episode of, of series. Two was, but I watched this and I thought actually this is really this is up there. You know, it's got some really iconic sketches in it and some great moments and yeah, a, another high quality episode. So they're really on fire at this this point in the series.
0: Also during the opening, uh, Judith and Tony did remark that Judith uh, watched the Summer Illustrated Bikini Model Search and was very impressed, and Tony went to a Yothu Yindi concert <laughs> and right next to him was. Sorry?
6: You rager, Yeah. Judith says. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's more or less uh, the person standing next to him was the head of the Western Mining, uh, Hugh Morgan. I
3: must admit, I've got no, no idea who, who Hugh Morgan actually is, but, uh, yeah, considering the joke, I, I think you can, you can get uh, why Judith hopes he's still single. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Sarcastically.
3: Yeah. But it's it's such a like it's such a non sequitur saying to uh, a bunch of indigenous people piss off back to your own country. Yeah. Yeah.
7: Obviously yeah. there's
6: some context there. It sounds like mining magnates have always been idiots,
7: so <laughs> well they they've always been more than happy to blow up indigenous sacred sites and, and they're still doing it today unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There was also Judith reading uh, in the truth uh, newspaper that the page three girl is gone, but they have integrated stories to include Norgs. See, she said yeah. Norgs, N O R G S. I
6: don't understand the other version.
7: Yeah, apparently
6: it's Norks. Norks. It's Not.
7: It's never. It's never Norks. <laughs> this, this is this is one of those things where you know some people think one thing, other people think another thing, and they will they will fight for eternity. On so there's no right answer. The potato cake. Potato gollop. Yeah. <laughs> Personally, I'm a Norgs woman, but you know that's
0: just me. <laughs> Norgs with a G. And also, the truth's white witch making a prediction about Nolene and Laurie Donner uh, are heading for a period of conflict and friction, but that just leads into this hit song.
4: Bernard, talent. <laughs> Potential totally nil, but a sum total of 10 for generosity.
8: Well, I I did notice when I looked at the video clip on YouTube that Laurie is holding a copy of the Sylvania Waters
7: diary. (laughs) Getting a plug in for the book there.
8: Possibly the only copy in existence
7: i have uh, i'm going to say that this song did not chart because i used to watch video hits pretty regularly around this time and i do not remember seeing it you know how they'd have a novelty or, or a new release yeah it didn't go anywhere it'd be there alongside the recession rap or something although to be fair i think the recession rap was 92
3: all that stuff that that bernard said talent nil presentation nil potential totally nil that was very rude of him to uh, talk uh, uh, about you like that, Remy.
2: Hey, <laughs> <laughs> okay, settle down. Uh, You're taking advantage of me being on mute. Won't work. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it does turn out we do actually get to see who Bernard is critiquing as a potluck classic later on in the series.
7: And now it's over to the news desk with Tommy G. Yeah.
0: And I'm just going to skip all of them except for one. For one of the news things, and that is Bill Clinton receives unexpected wrong number.
4: Hello, Philip, it's John Blackman here from Telecom.
5: (laughs) Actually, there
6: was a couple of really great gags in in the news desk that I wrote down because I love them. And I I think (laughs) this is a good example of the news desk where the jokes are really good, even though, like, the topical aspect is long gone, you know. So, but looking back on them, Like, I I quite like the gag about, and the pens don't work, like the bank. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
8: Yeah. And then
6: somebody's gone to the effort of actually giving Tommy G a pen with, you know, a chain, and it's nailed to his desk, and he actually grabs it and yanks it off the desk. That was actually funny.
7: That was in relation to the Commonwealth Bank workers' strike, which I remember because I had to do work experience in 1993, and, and they sent me down to the bank, and I had to wait about two hours to, <laughs> to, to to transact things because there were only a few tellers on at the Commonwealth Bank. So that that was a big national story at that that week.
6: Yeah, quite interesting. And then the other thing was um, the swans, how they didn't rec- they didn't remember oh, their own yeah. Theme tune, and it was like the oh, the we're swans, the swans. <laughs> and then let's start seeing achy breaky heart. Uh, okay, okay,
4: one, one two, three. two, three. With, With
1: the swans, the swans break <laughs> achy breaky heart. I just don't think he'll understand.
3: I, I also love the the delayed audience reaction as like it seems like it takes them a, a moment to work out what the swans have switched to. And just
1: that, that
0: that great big laugh at the end. And other bits are women's uh, finals in Wimbledon. The finals will be shown on Channel 9, as mentioned earlier, in, uh, during Daniel G's program guide. Uh, the ABC is screening it too, but the satellite is on a 60-year delay. So That was classic. And also there's a cricket joke as well. Uh, Tommy is just going through England's cricket team because they've had some changes. Uh, Hick has been injured. Lewis at Foster and Gadding were done because they were just English. and Tufnell is just a useless bastard. Then they throw to Captain Graham Gooch, who is optimistic about the team's chances, and then they show footage of women 's cricket.
5: Tommy it 's Rob here. Hello, Rob. You know Tommy, each week we <laughs> supply a dazzling array of satirical insights, but some as that one was there more than others become truly champagne comedy. Thank you, Rob.
0: <laughs> Just like these badges and stickers that you could win. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: I love how the, the audience knows exactly what's going on as soon as you hear the three words you know Tommy.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh,
8: we I posted that um, as a kind of comic strip on the Late Show Facebook page yesterday, which... Had about 400 likes. But someone pointed out, is Tom still using that phone and have you been paying attention?
6: Oh, Oh, wow. Wouldn't that be good? It
8: would be.
0: Mick is all fired up. He's on the desk. Mick serve and he's fired up about England's decision to play Martin McCaig in the third test. And I had to do some research on this one because McCaig, who was born in Northern Ireland, grew up in Australia and started his cricket career in Australia but ended up playing... Or England, so everyone was basically calling him a traitor. Not my words, but apparently it was a taxi driver who called him one of those.
3: Well, Mick uh, calls him a, a straight out Junus in this piece.
6: <laughs> it's pretty pretty hideous, rant. It's a big reminder of how much rivalry there was between um, England and Australia in the in sport back in the nineties. It was ferocious. But thank God we're not bothered with that now. It's probably improved our country's relations no end.
3: <laughs> Nick seems to go through the gamut of, of angriness in this. Uh, yeah, talking about how uh, if, if he was uh, bowling, uh, bowling, the uh, ball wouldn't leave his hand and he'd just uh, smash it into the skull. <laughs> Brand um,
6: him, yeah.
3: Yeah, but, uh, you know, try and uh, stab McCaig with uh, the stump, hopefully the one with the stump can. Uh, I think the, the bit I really like is Mick asking Tommy, what do you think about that? And then just immediately going, ah,
7: shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a great bit. I, I like the bit where he goes, I made a voodoo doll. I made a voodoo doll. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, it's just saying It's twice.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah.
7: A, it's a classic rant. And then, then, of course, the fire extinguishes at the end. Uh, one of which is operated by Aaron Beaucaire.
0: Yes. Dr. Aaron Beaucaire. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we on stage, we have Tony and Mick recapping. Mick jumping on Ernie and Denise's lounge from last week in his underpants, which is very iconic. So they decide to do it again. But this time on Good Morning Australia with
4: Bert Newton. Love you, gentlemen. Uh, yes, we're the Tony Bartuccio dancers here for the Bert Newton
9: Show. <laughs> <laughs> like I love five. that. Thank you. Thank you. We're in. <laughs> good
4: morning everybody uh-huh. good morning australia as they say in the classics
5: okay mickey feeling confident
4: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah no problem at all very good about this one and also the show and go back to sydney and report on same. <laughs> <laughs>
8: According to the uh, article that I had last episode about um, how Mick was lodged on the couch in his undies, apparently he was invited back in a T-shirt later. And I don't know exactly what that Just involved.
7: a T-shirt? Surely yeah, he yeah, had trousers on as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, this
8: is exactly what it says. It says, the scantily clad one started running amok and was invited back in a T-shirt. Yeah, so <laughs> I <I'm> thinking <laughs> that the undies were still <laughs> still on at the time. Uh, but it would be interesting uh, if, if anyone remembers or has any footage of, of him.
0: Well, if anyone has the original video, like the original footage when it went to air on YouTube, that would be great. Mm. Yeah, I'm,
3: I'm, I'm surprised with that and also the only and Denise footage that we haven't sort of seen that clean away from the, mm. the context of the late show. I mean, I'm, well, I suppose... If I we mean, were... who, who's going yeah. to be recording them, though,
0: is that is <laughs> <our laughs> question.
6: Exactly. Is there a Good Morning Australia podcast that we could contact?
7: <laughs> I, I like to think so. <laughs> hey,
0: if they can do a podcast about some ABC series called Late Show, then I'm sure they can do a Good Morning Australia podcast.
3: I'm sure Belvedere is available for that Good Morning Australia podcast.
1: <laughs>
7: Belvedere.
0: The, the, problem, Belvedere.
7: the problem is G- GMA went for something like 15 years, didn't it? So, I mean, that podcast is going to go, on forever. Yeah. <laughs> it even switched channels.
0: Yeah, it can be hosted by Moira.
7: Yes. <laughs> yeah, know,
8: she's been around for a while.
7: I, I like to think there's in depth analysis of Moira's selling technique on each each episode. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah.
0: Anyway, here's Moira. <laughs> But there's other times that Mick has done that uh, because Mick believes that Tony owes him another five bucks because he did it on Late Nine with Kerry O'Brien. That was more or less... <laughs> oh, that was the hostage. daggy
7: one, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's a live sketch. It was when it was actually happening. So this is all about... or It was centralised around the White House, uh, all about the bombing of Baghdad, really. How US bombed a telecommunications centre and it didn't really go to plan.
6: But <laughs> one of their live sketches, this is actually pretty good this seems to land and even the bits where rob forgets his lines you know um and (laughs) i think santo goes i believe it's your line mr president and and in full character he goes uh well give me the details then of of that particular line (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's quite funny
8: so remy were you in the audience watching this at the time
2: uh, no, at this point I was still in the, uh, in the green room watching, wondering what was going on. <laughs>
8: yeah. We're wondering what you got yourself in for. <laughs>
0: well, here's the snippet from that sketch. All right, all right, a direct strike. Direct strike. Colin, mm-hmm. a direct strike.
5: <laughs> Clinton, a direct strike. Colin? Yes, Clinton. <laughs> Colin?
4: Yes. Um... <laughs> you must make a direct, direct strike now.
0: Rob as Bill Clinton, Santo as Colin Powell, or Colm? Powell? Colm,
6: Colm? Carpenter. <laughs>
0: Colm. <laughs> I do believe it was Tony as the Gorillagram.
4: Saddam NF wit, begging to be hit. We burst his bubble, his HQ's rubble, and his country's in the shit.
6: <laughs> See? I reckon it was Tony... Um, off stage on the mic, and someone yeah. else in the suit. Probably but Michael Hirsch in the suit. <laughs> I think the the true um, winner of this sketch for me is Tommy G as the yeah. Captain Phillips.
8: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my daughter saw this and she's like, "Why isn't Tom the funny one anymore?" <laughs> 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 because he's, he's always doing the presentations. On, have you been paying attention and not? The jokes, but yeah, he's I had to like a Straight man,
6: he's, <laughs> yeah, he's actually hilarious, yeah. as we as us D Gen fans know from the old uh car motors sketch where he spins around <laughs> on the ground, most amazing thing in sketch comedy in this country ever. I but, agree, yeah. <laughs> but I think, um, just the way he tries to sit down on the chair with the Coke bottle glasses
7: and then he sort of yep.
6: he slightly misses the chair and then he sort of bounces on the chair
7: <laughs> <laughs> the, the bit yeah. that I really like is he's got the stick and he's pointing on the map and he, he, go, he goes, he sort of sweeps across with the stick yeah. and they both duck under the stick yeah. which is obviously really well rehearsed that bit but it's it's, it's just sort of a classic perfect.
6: Peter Sellers as well. It's, yeah, it's sort of, yeah. I love it's just how it's just in there. It's just thrown in there, and it's kind of amazing.
3: <laughs> yeah, even now that uh, Clinton's president, uh, the the D Gen uh, still. Uh, Make out that uh, Clinton's a womanizer, you know. Talk, talk, <laughs> yeah. Talking about how, how much he loves Julia Roberts, and you know he was doing it on the slide. But uh, and uh, you know, think, thinking for a moment and uh, sort of cutting to a, a thought bubble with, I think that's jelly wrestling. I, quite, I, couldn't, I couldn't quite tell with the VHS quality, but uh, there, there was there was, <laughs> a, lot of, there was, a, there was a lot of jiggling going on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, there, w- there was also just after that uh, uh, a bit of a critique from, uh, I think it was Mick saying it was like an excerpt from McHale's Navy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now it is time for muckraking, and this is where the teaser came in. Who am I? Born in the United States in
6: 1950. Oh, Excuse me, I'm sorry. Do you have a problem? No, forget it, take I Take some didn't money press off. Her.
4: I didn't press it, I pressed What do you think we should do? Should take we take the money, money off after? No. Keep going. Nice. Here we go, again. Yeah. Right. Well, am I? Born in the United States in 1951, I first gained widespread attention as a guest star on TV's Happy Days, which led to me starring in my own hit... Andrew. Henry Winkler. No. Own hits... Jane. Robin Williams. Robin Williams is right. Has come through with oh,
6: a... So, darling,
4: yeah. trailing Andrew by $4. You could pick up some money here if you like. Who would you like from the fame game?
7: Um, I think I'd like the home viewer, thanks.
4: Home viewer is... <laughs> <Kyle>. <laughs> <laughs> a
7: bad move. Oh,
0: no. So, that was directly <laughs> from the episode... Of Sale of the Century, the comedians. Spoiler alert, Jane won 10 bucks.
6: <laughs> <laughs> so the home viewer did have some money, just not the big money.
0: Yeah. So, but this is all about Jane going on Sale of the Century, and Jace and Mick were trying to support her through an earpiece outside of Channel 9 in the ABC truck. And alongside them, they had Tony Barber as well, who was not long been shafted from South of the Century and now working on Channel 10's Jeopardy.
6: Yeah. Um, I also reckon it's worth mentioning the sort of introduction, which is a bit... Definitely. Awkward. Mm. It's so awful. You know, like, I, I'm kind of trying to go with it, but it's just this horrible misogynistic shit. And yeah. Jason actually comes off as a massive prick, I think. So <laughs> I know it's just a set-up for a joke. It really...
8: It annoys me. <laughs> yeah, I, I think as, as young ladies at the time, we were quite annoyed by the treatment of Jane. It was quite patronising, yeah, yeah. calling her a special friend and all this sort of thing and singing that um, Hans Christian Anderson Ugly Duckling thing, which I remember having to do at school. <laughs> 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 that bit was mildly amusing because I remember that song. Um, but luckily Jane held her own and said, you know, you guys let me down and then they led into that, that whole really clever sketch.
0: Here's the actual bit where they were trying to set the entire OB Set up, really. Let's Check. go
4: through the checklist. Uh, donuts. Check. Uh, beers. Check. Uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. Of uh, The complete works of William Shakespeare. Check. Uh, the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Barber. Check. <laughs> Check. Check.
6: <laughs> that was a good set
8: up. Uh, yeah, this is one of my favourite sketches in the whole from Tony wearing the Channel 10 cap just to say, hey, <laughs> screw you guys, I'm, I'm with Channel 10 now. But the whole thing about he has, he has keywords, anticipation, and that's where you press the buzzer when they say, what's the tallest mountain in? And, and don't call Glenn Tony. Just, he's, just he really, he's really into it. He just does it so well.
6: He's such <laughs> a good actor in this whole yeah. sketch. I thought he was great. He really makes it. But also, can I mention that the ABC outside broadcast band is the coolest thing I've ever seen. There is just, It's like a Ghostbusters car. Like, it's like
0: <laughs> cool stuff
6: on the top. It's like, what is it? Like an 80s Range Rover or something? I don't know what it is, but it just
0: looks amazing. Uh, I sent everyone a, the actual episode of the Century did any of you watch the entire thing or just um, I
7: watched it. Oh yeah, yeah.
8: yeah. Oh, I used to yeah. love that show, so it's having fun answering the
7: question. Yeah, I was a I was a regular sale watcher as well, and and my God, doesn't doesn't it look piss weak, you know, sort of 30 years on. You know, it <laughs> the game shows have certainly changed quite a lot. Um but but also it was quite interesting because you know, Joe Bailey kind of fluffs a few lines, but they just keep going. So it was obviously just live to tape you know, the, the episode. But um, I'm wondering if anyone out there remembers the comedy series because I don't I don't think I watched it at the time because I'm kind of intrigued as to who the other contestants were on the other episodes. You know, who won in the end? Was it Andrew Denton who, spoiler alert, you know, just blew everyone away and won this episode?
8: Yeah, you know, I definitely remember happened?
7: watching. I remember I watching the show.
6: Yeah. Uh, it was Matthew Parkinson because he... Oh, yeah. um, he also went on as a as a private citizen, I suppose you'd say, and he, he blitzed it. He's an amazing quizmaster. Mm. He's like
0: Stephen Hall. A couple of years later, they did do the comedians. Like It was a semi-regular occurrence when they did the specials because Lucky Grills was actually a contestant as well, like uh, mm. part of a comedian special. <laughs> so I, I don't have the promo. It's on YouTube, but you'll see it's a different background style to the actual set from 1993 so i think he, he did it uh maybe 1995 96 but so that it's been a regular occurrence with those things however now this is going to kind of ruin the joke but i just want to play the actual excerpt of how the pumperdoms uh get mentioned <laughs> so, <laughs> if you don't want to have the joke ruined just Skip this for the next 30 seconds.
4: Which word meaning to saunter lazily also describes a portion of baked bread? Andrew. Loaf. A loaf is right. Thank One dollar off the lead. <laughs> Made from spiced potato or rice flour is which thin, crisp wafer bread of India? Andrew. Papadum. That's correct. Into the lead. Thank you very much. What Papadum. was the answer to the question before last? Jane. Papadum. No, loaf. Before last. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: Mm. It's a trick question. That, that, yeah, that is odd, the, 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 the trick question. Um, I've just had a look through my scans of the, the Green Guide, and I can tell you who was on the other uh, episodes, or at least the first four episodes, because the Friday was the final. So uh, on Monday, we had Andrew Denton, Jane Kennedy, Marty Putts and Mark Downey. On Tuesday, we had Stevie Jacobs, Eddie Sigley, Denise Drysdale and Peter Moon. On Wednesday, we had Richard Stubbs, Jane Turner, Maury Fields, and Jamoan. And then on Thursday, Tanya Lacey, Russell Gilbert, Trevor Marmalade, and Anthony Ackroyd. And mm. I assume the winners from each of those first four nights uh, uh, battled each other uh, on the Friday. Um,
6: oh, well, I don't know who won then, yeah. But I do remember Matthew Parkinson being amazing at it. So, but that must have been separate, yeah.
3: Yeah, that must have been
0: the Lucky Grills edition.
3: I mean, look, considering that Andrew won that Monday episode on 68 points, Jane came in a, well, sort of close second on thirty-six, and then Marty Downey and Marty Patts were both on 25 and 20 respectively. Um, I would say that, yeah, Andrew might have won the whole lot. I, I, I wouldn't put it past him. He's a smart guy.
8: yeah.
7: Yeah, okay. My money's on Denton.
0: <laughs> Did you also notice in the episode, if you watched it, when they were doing the prizes or the gift shop, a certain person who was dressed up as the flower? No. Oh. It was Nikki Buckley. Oh. Who was going to uh, White Ant, what, what do you call it? Uh, cut yeah, Joe, replaced. Yeah, replaced. Cut Joe Bailey's grass, really.
7: <laughs> mm. oh, that, no, no she, she got a promotion. Oh, okay. <laughs> she was promoted at work.
6: And Joe no, Bailey no, went no. on to those chemist Warehouse uh, infomercials. <laughs> <laughs> now, so
3: everyone, everyone was happy and in the
6: edge.
3: Because both uh, Mick and Jason are obsessed with Joe Bailey, even in this sketch, like,
7: <laughs> let alone like, further
6: yeah. on in the series. Yeah. Get Joe Bailey's phone number. Get Joe Bailey's phone number. <laughs> <laughs> that bit was funny. And with Tony Barber going through his, his address book and reading out all these old... Yeah.
7: Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Barbie My Rogers?
6: Barbie who? <laughs> <laughs> who was the one where both uh, Mick and Jace went? <laughs> <Maybe>. oh, Elise <laughs> Platt? Elise Platt, was it? Elise Platt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember.
8: But according to an article that I have about the actual um, series, which I think some of you may have seen, um, so the four winners from Monday to Thursday then lined up for the finals on the Friday and Monday of the following week, and then the scores for the two nights were tallied. So, Ah. There were two actual episodes where they were competing, where the winners from the Monday to Thursday were
7: competing. Mm.
0: Right. Well, there you go. We dissected the actual episode of Sale of the Century in not too much of that <laughs> sketch.
7: <laughs> but everyone knows the sketch. You know, it's such yeah. a well-known late-show sketch, yeah. isn't it? And the, as, best is the ne- as is the next one that's, that's coming <laughs> up.
6: But just, um, I do love the bit where Jane comes out with the, the board game and goes, What a good you were, barber! Oh, <laughs>
7: I love that line, and he goes, Oh, I haven't got this edition, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the electronic <laughs> edition. Yeah. I, yeah. I
3: think I think it's also worth um, uh, mm-hmm. shouting out to whoever wrote the sketch because I mean, thankfully, they've had a lot of practice uh, with uh, uh the olden days and bar jazz, but basically, they would have had to have written this sketch. Backwards, you know, going from the original episode,
0: so not a, not an easy thing to do, I, I reckon. Yeah, as you were saying, Alison, leading into the next sketch, which is a, is extremely iconic, uh, which is Beware the Wog the Loo. Into you know what, Daniel? Would you like to say yeah. because of your background?
1: Yeah, it's. A... <laughs>
3: yeah oh yes yeah. So, yeah, Italian not on my dad's side, yeah, so beware of Wog, the Lou Interligi story. yeah, there's there's quite a lot of uh, unpronounceable names in this because yeah you you've got Santo as uh, Lou Interligi, aka Alfonso Capricosa, Nick Brufalo as Jolly Spagnolo, Judith as Nicky and Anastropolis. I almost stuffed that one up. Uh, <laughs> Jane as Christina Lopez aka Connie Capricosa and Rob as uh, one of Lou's business partners. And, yeah, this Bucks. is a, it's, it's a very uh, cynical look at uh, so-called wog humour, which was yeah. Yeah, very, very big at the time.
6: But I think this is amazing, this piece, and I kind of had a memory of it being lost <laughs> on the audience, like the, the it dying, or maybe they even mentioned it in an interview somewhere that, when they played this, the audience just was flat. But actually, the audience is fine. It's just so heavy with content, isn't it? It's like a mini movie. I, I can't remember how long it goes for, maybe five minutes or something, but it's so dense with with stuff. And not only is it like a piss take on the whole Acropolis Now, wogs out of work thing, but it's also kind of an up yours Anglo-Australia for being so racist as well. Especially with
3: all of those cliches that are in the narration, talking Mm. about the Roman legion of fans and, uh, you know... uh,
7: But also they they talk about Grecian urns, and, you know, they're they're meant to be Italian... Right, so so that again, that's a that's a sort of dig Anglo Australia kind of mixing up Greeks and Italians and and you know so that that was the thing that really stood out for me because I've seen this sketch so many times mm. and just just that bit you know that that really subtle but but pointed dig at at white. Racism, Anglo racism, I suppose, is mm. what stood out for me rewatching this again. Mm.
0: I thought it was a good ribbing as well towards a certain someone, a certain comedian of a certain ethnicity, owning the trade or trademarking the word "wog." Wog, yeah, yeah. that was a real thing that he tried to do, was it, it or is. something it's similar?
3: Legit. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it it, it reared up its head uh, again recently. Um just trying to remember the name of the the, the comedian uh, who had an issue with
0: it. Well, a simple Google search will pretty much bring up as many news articles as you as much as <laughs> yeah. you want really. Too yeah. afraid of saying anything to be honest with that one.
6: I think Santos comeback to that like I own the word dago is is brilliant because it's kind of like it's all fun and games if you want to try and own the word wog, but what about speak and dago? Like they're all awful slurs. Like yeah. you can't just sort of Disneyfy the word wog just because everybody uses it and it sounds like, oh, we own it now, you know, it's, they're all awful. And and I think in a way you can sort of hear the audience go, oh, I feel, I feel guilty, you know, like I've mm-hmm. probably used those words and they, and they are as awful as each other. <laughs> There's just so many amazing, great bits in this thing. It's, it's almost like we can have a whole podcast about this, this uh, mini movie.
0: Yeah, (laughs) especially this
4: slogan. We we were breaking down the ethnic barriers. Uh, We we were holding a mirror up to multicultural society. You can use that anyway.
7: Yeah. There's another great line which is in a similar vein, and it's kind of a dig at pretentious performers sort of overanalyzing and justifying their work, where... um, Jane is Christina Lopez says, I'm standing up and representing all second generation migrant women. And you think, No, you're not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're, you're doing you're doing a really kind of base level crap comedy character. But you know, she she's trying to justify it. And then you have the the woman whose vox popped in the street, she mm. says, She makes me feel really good about being a dumb slut. And you think, oh she makes my me God. feel really good about being a dumb slut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's
6: just so cutting, isn't it? It's yeah. Just yeah. Like... yeah. Yeah. Laser point accuracy on what they're getting at. Yeah. I also that, love the way that woman... Jane's in a cafe next to a payphone. Have you noticed yeah. that?
7: <laughs> yeah,
6: how nineties is that?
7: Yeah, <laughs> the dumb slut woman wasn't she just someone that they Vox popped and said, "Could you say this line?" And she did it, and and like she's not. I mean, she does it perfectly, but I I thought that was the backstory for that line. Maybe, mm,
3: I'm Maybe I'm wrong. No, Maybe I'm misremembering. It's, it's quite interesting um, how they integrate a lot of actual archival footage into this because, I mean, what, a couple of years before this uh, sketch uh, came on, um, Santo was basically doing a woggy character on the Triple M Breakfast Show called Gino Tagliatoni.
6: Mm, Yeah. So, and so a lot so, of that footage is from those sort of outside broadcasts and they used to do a dag ball, I think, every year with Eon FM and that's sort of how they got the shirl footage, I think.
0: And the photo mm-hmm. with Gdynski as well. Oh, and, Well, and, that,
6: that may have been photoshopped, was it? Or? Well,
0: that, that would have been during their five in a row days because Gdynski re- helped them release five more and... Five in
3: a row. And, well, um, I do wonder how,
0: how they teed up the, the,
3: the shot with um, uh, Santo and a very confused-looking Molly, Molly Meldrum. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
6: and also, the amazing video for Sweet, mate, the film clip, like, that is a film within a film. Like, that is actually incredible, that whole... The, the video that they did for that. And just making that song, it's like... It's just... Oh. So perfect uh, a parody of those sort of comedy videos at the time.
7: I'd like to see the full version of of Sweet Mate. You know <laughs> yeah. what, what what happens to him after he's arrested, but but also the the music to Sweet Mate is is very very similar to um, to one of their other songs that they did in the first series. If you listen to the the backing track, uh, which one was it? What's All That About? What's All That About? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one.
3: Basically, uh, not everything is sweet, mate, because uh, Joey and Nikki, <laughs> Gate Crash, uh, Lose Rehearsal, with Michael Hirsch as well, uh, in shot. Yeah. And, uh, again, it's it's sort of, um, yeah, parodying um, only the rights to the word "wog," basically.
6: I was just going to say, and even that little bit there just shows how dense this whole segment is because the bit where they go oh look there's a tv week cameras and they do a a showbiz pose but even the caption that goes in tv week is hear no evil speak no evil speak no evil (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh god you know but it's so it's Oh, amazing.
0: We also have Tony on the couch uh, who points out some pedantry in the TV week.
7: Mm, Yes, Um, someone's mixed up. um, Someone's put a photo of Alexi Sale with a caption saying Catherine Hepburn. And if there are two people who look any more different (laughs) than each other, I don't know.
8: Yeah. yeah. The person who, who got that wrong probably got the high grant wrong that we were talking
7: about
0: (laughs) earlier as well but uh, this is where uh, Judith who's also on the couch responds to feedback to I don't know some potluck talent person that was showed I don't know what you're talking about yeah and um, uh, well this is where this is the letter actually here we go it says dear late show team I enjoy your show heaps especially the quote potluck unquote toilet breaks you play in particular I liked last week's act, the bell ring up, Piffy. I was wondering, what has happened to Piffy? Is he now a headline actor at Jupiter's Casino? And <laughs> that's where we are introduced to some guy, I don't know, who just looks like Piffy. <laughs> uh, Remy, you can now talk. <laughs> Always <laughs> yeah, able right. to talk. No, no, what right. what, what, to what talk. was it
7: like? What was it like sitting there in the audience and Judith Lucy saying, "I just want to pop him on a bit of toast and eat it <laughs> right <laughs> up"? When you did, beat David, right? oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, wh- which, if you analyse that line these days, is a, is a little bit dodgy. But but anyway, <laughs> what what were your feelings at the time, Remy? <laughs> I, look, I, I
2: think I was mostly just st- stunned. Like, really, like, I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I was a bit flattered, obviously, but mostly just wondering what was going on.
8: Yeah. Think, when did you, that... know,
2: you can kind of see it in my face, too, if you watch closely and just narrate it. is like...
8: I'm here. So when did you leave the what... green room to sit in the audience there?
2: I, I think it would have been during the, the, the previous uh, skit or um, just after or during the... Um, the Santo bit, the Luigi bit. Uh,
3: yeah, it's, it's it's great to see that that you sort of get your, your moment in the spotlight,
0: really. And and you, you get a great reception from the audience too. We put the call out to uh, some of the listeners as well if they want to ask you a question. And Peter Phoebe, who's a regular, wanted to know, what was the schoolyard reaction from when you actually appeared in the show?
2: Uh, to be honest, there wasn't a huge uh, reaction from the school. Most of the reaction I got was from older people.
0: No. my so you oh, teachers? You your teachers sorry then it's like hey yeah. I yeah, saw you yeah. on the let show but did yeah, you yeah. hand in your homework
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, 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 my mates were already used to seeing me on TV and such so it wasn't nice. really new for them uh, but yeah I'd get recognised by random people to saying
8: oh my god you're a baby <laughs> <laughs> did you sign a lot of autographs
2: I, I have signed a lot of autographs yes okay. but I signed them as Remy as Pookie so
0: Richard Hodgins has asked, after the late show, you got a gig on regional television hosting Prime Possum. How did that come about?
2: Uh, So that particular one, I uh, used to do juggling and balancing and sort of a a one-man variety show. And I was doing that in Brisbane and one of the producers from Prime saw me doing my bit and went, "Ah, that might be interesting in this show. So he approached me afterwards and said, Do "You want to film a pilot for this new TV show we're doing?" And I gave it a go, and it all worked out well. And then I was with that for I think I did about 550 episodes in total.
4: Um, wow!
2: Yeah, it was around for a few years, and then I switched over to the ABC for the Wayne Manifesto in '96.
0: Oh, you're a part of the Wayne Manifesto.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's cool. And Daniel Brewer he asked, uh, "What was the instant claim to fame like?" As well, so when all this had happened. Were you on cloud nine or were you just like, oh, I'm used to it because of you? Yeah, appearances? Look,
2: I, I was used to being in, in TV studios and I, I was kind of used to people recognising that. It. it wasn't really a a big claim. Like, it, it wasn't an instant, oh, my God, you're a megastar sort of thing. Like yeah. People would recognise me here and there. Like, it wasn't it wasn't a huge thing. Like nothing changed for me.
0: Uh, so, well, Scott McPhee asks, and this is a two-point question, what was your first public performance and or do you do anything else besides bell ringing? So my
2: first that I can think of, uh, I was five years old and I played the electric organ on Young Talent Time. Amazing. I had a clip on YouTube. I was actually looking for it earlier and I couldn't find it. It might have been removed for copyright reasons. You can see me on Young Talent Time when I'm seven playing the bells.
0: What year was that? No, that was... Well, that would have been
3: 85... Uh, uh, if, if, yeah, if, yeah. If, if, if you if you, were, if you were
2: 1987, yeah, around around the 1985, yeah, the clips of me playing the bells on Youngtown Time they're on they're on YouTube, but it's not under Piffy, it's under Remy, Remy Broadway and you, Youngtown Time. So yeah, I guess to answer the question, the first one was uh, what was the second part of that question? Was that a two parter? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you do
2: anything else besides bell ringing? Oh, bell ringing. Well, yeah, my, my main focus was acting, so I did the I pretty much did everything. From I started off the electronic organ, then I did the the bells than I did. I mean, I was a, I got a black belt when I was seven. I was one of those overachieving kids. So I was like the youngest kid in the world to get a black belt. So there's clips of that somewhere. Yeah. I swam wow, a mile that would be a
8: claim four. to fame.
2: Um, it was it was crazy. <laughs> it. I, it was too much. I'm going to make sure my son doesn't have to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I swam a mile when I was four. Um, then I did dancing, singing, acting, poetry tap dancing, ballet, like everything you could think of, juggling, balancing, magic. But yeah, acting was the one that really sort of struck around with me. So I, I shifted more into that uh, when I left school, uh, worked on a few films and TV shows, and then ended up uh, fi- absolutely <laughs> finding my, my way into hospitality. And open up a, a lounge bar.
0: Well, I was going to say the letter or the quote letter unquote, uh, saying that is he now a headline actor? Jupiter's? Did you have? Well, which is now known as the star? Did you perform there? True. I did.
2: I did perform at Jupiter's. <laughs> uh,
0: you didn't share the same stage as Wickedy Whack or anyone like that. Uh, no, I don't think I've worked
2: with Wickedy Whack. I worked with the Wiggles, but uh,
0: that's pretty. Well, I've cool. been around. <laughs> <laughs> you still dabble occasionally in acting still or do you just chill? Uh, look, I,
2: I really, I mean, I, I, because I was full-time in hospitality, I was just focusing on running the, the restaurant. I ended up opening a second bar, so I had two bars in restaurants at the same time. Um, so I was doing like little TV appearances here and there and just kind of shifted away and focused on that. Then I fell in love, got married last year, had a baby, and then now it looks like we're going back in hospitality again, so.
3: Oh, hopefully the restrictions
2: ease up a bit for us.
3: You've got a platform to, to spruik your, your venue, if, if you want to talk about it just for a bit.
2: Uh, okay, yeah. Well, um, it's called Central. Uh, it, it is in Surface Paradise. It's in Orchard Avenue. Uh, we, we, I ran it from 2011 to 2019, and that's when I fell in love, and I sold the venue, and someone else took it over, and they changed it to a different venue name. Um, okay. Just recently, the landlord asked us to come back and take the, uh, the venue back. So, yeah, in about two months, we'll reopen with a whole new fit-out. This is actually breaking news because we've only just signed the lease. So, it's very We haven't really told anyone yet. So, there you go. You can let it be known. uh, that in about two months (laughs) or so, once we've done a full refit, we'll be reopening Central in Surfers. So, come along and have a drink with me if you like. Yeah, fine. I actually had a a fan um, contact my agent a few months ago. Uh, and, and hired me to play the bells for his happy birthday. I think he's turning... <laughs> oh,
6: amazing. <laughs> I Brilliant.
2: And, uh, I took out the old bells and replayed the Graham and the Colonel theme and then
0: oh, wow. did my best
2: <laughs> happy birthday, but unfortunately there are incidentals, so it wasn't perfect, but
0: it was a bit of fun. You know what you should do? Yeah. YouTube tutorial channel, just... uh. You do
7: oh, yeah. how, how to play lady of spain <laughs> yeah. well, so I, nice need to,
2: I need to learn smoke in the water really.
7: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so is
8: this just the one set of bells that you have that you've had since you were a kid
2: yeah uh my my grandfather had them and then uh he taught them to my father and then my father taught them to me and I'll probably teach him my little boy.
8: <laughs> yeah, and he had his Yay. first taste of it tonight. Yeah, he, he, he picked up
2: and rang it straight away, and he was only 11 months old, so all right. Piffy it's in the Junior.
1: Hmm.
2: Piffy Junior. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's, it's great to know that, that you still uh, got the bells as well.
2: Oh, it's, it's one of those things, Like you know, they're, they're too valuable. They're, they're one of a kind, so even if I didn't play them, I'd maybe put them in a big case or something, Yeah. You know.
0: One important question. Now, Judith did say this.
7: I'm going to wait for you, Pippi. Uh, yeah.
1: Okay.
7: <laughs> oh. Again, a bit dodgy as a comment yeah. to a 15-year-old.
2: Oh, it's, it's called grooming now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah,
7: exactly. Uh, I think
0: she may still be waiting, to be honest.
7: <laughs> oh, that, that is sad. That is really, really
0: tragic. <laughs> Every time she'll be on TV or anything like that, you'll just tell your friends, she's waiting for me. She's waiting. <laughs> Okay. It could have been worse,
3: Rumi. It could have been worse. You could have been tied up on that bed. <laughs>
0: yeah. And now there is more. There is another letter from a John Lee Hooker of Geelong. And, uh, but Tony, fake, fake name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fake fake suburb. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but, yeah, the letter is pretty accurate, uh, except for the PS bit down the bottom of the letter says, where the or sent it out, where the fuck do you get those Late Show hats? So, But that looked like it was all in a certain person's writing who was actually reading it out. And cue Tony singing the blah, 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 blah blues, but this is one verse.
4: I got those in the washroom at McDonald's Turning on the tap too hard And spraying water on your pants so it looks as if you pissed yourself blue.
6: Relatable Well there were quite
8: a few relatable um, Things that he was singing about Some of them are a little bit dated Such as the VHS tape And the little tab on there And (laughs) being behind someone Who's trying to swap the tape In front of them But you know it's still it's still aged quite well and it's really catchy. Well, what, what
7: hasn't aged quite so well is the line he does beforehand, which is "I might be a skinny white guy with an alarming resemblance to Warwick Fairfax," because you know <laughs> no o- only people Warwick who uh, only people who remember Warwick Fairfax know what that means. But go go and Google Warwick Fairfax, and you will see what Tony's talking about. Do I have to clear <laughs> my cache afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> um, not in that instance.
8: My favourite one was uh, I got those putting your bins out on a public holiday, and noticing <laughs> that you're the only one, and thinking that maybe the Garbos aren't working today, and taking your bins back so that you don't look like a dick. And then the next morning, you wake up and the street is full of empty bins. Blues.
3: <laughs>
8: <laughs> well, ready. we've all done it.
3: <laughs> and if uh, if you, you want to um, uh, hear uh, the whole song in its entirety, it's used as menu music um, on the uh, Bar Jars and Olden Days DVD. It is huh. too. Oh.
0: Yeah.
3: It's, it's, I forget which menu it is, but if you go poking about, you can just hear. Well, I mean, there's not much to the visual element anyway, apart
0: from knowing that uh, he's miming to uh, to a backing tape of it. I'm sure one day it'll probably pop up on Tony Martin's official Sizzletown YouTube channel, which he is gradually uploading his old clips of the late show on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he did do that uh, Margaret Thatcher one. Oh, the Billy Bragg the Billy
8: was like the 29th anniversary wasn't yes it? Yeah, he tweeted about
0: that now we have a commercial a sketch and uh which is all about national bank tailoring banking to your needs even if you're a bank robber this is a quite <laughs> cute little sketch really
6: yeah i really love the acting from uh, mick and santo in this one like the bit where um santo goes hang on we also need some cash for our getaway car and mick goes can you
7: help <laughs> <laughs> and the character names are Mad Dog and Shifty So, classic yeah, bank names there But yeah, re- really, they're,
3: they're acting as though they're a newly married couple Those two Yeah, yeah. yeah.
7: Which is what was in the original as they're spoofing Yeah, so. the
0: National Australia Bank ones Where it was the whole tag was tailoring banking to your needs and mm. yeah from there it just looks and if they don't just pistol whip them
6: <laughs> and a special mention to Tommy G as the uh hostage bank manager no. who yeah, <laughs> got gaffer tape and rope around him and still tied he... <laughs> yeah
0: next segment is toilet break time and Tommy G sets it up uh but not without playing with the dodgy coat hanger antenna <laughs> which manages <laughs> yeah. to pick up a bit of um Not nearly nudity, really, on Sky Channel.
3: Any excuse for more jelly wrestling footage? Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it's more or less Act Five, the Nelligan Sisters singing Madonna's True Blue.
7: I love th- I love these two. They they are. They obviously thought that they were doing a really great job, and then they realised pretty soon into the song that they weren't. And I'd I'd love to I'd love to know what you think of this act, Remy, the Nelligan sisters. What 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 would you give them out of you know
2: fifty or whatever? Oh, I'm not a Bernard King. You know, I try to be nice. <laughs> some. Is that possible nice. with this act? I, that's what I'm saying. I, I I'd like to. Yeah encourage them to seek other things to focus their talents on um, <laughs> yeah well just watching because I, I rewatched the episode recently just to refresh my memory because I, I had no memory of this particular act I don't know where I was at the time maybe I was in the green room or prepping or something but I don't remember seeing these two and looking at them now I'm thinking oh, I thought it was just a regular talent show and I'm looking at these girls and thinking surely they've deliberately put them in there because they're not very good
3: <laughs> from my recollection like the, the, the acts were essentially chosen at random, weren't
7: they? Yeah. Yeah, they were. It, 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 that's hence the name Potluck. I think, they, I think their number okay, was yep. drawn out. But, I mean, cle- clearly I I reckon they rigged the draw in some instances so they would get a good mix of performers. Yeah, mean, I don't want to reveal
2: anything, but as far as I knew, I, I I was already planned to go on. So when they uh-huh, the number, right. I already knew that I was going to perform. Um, yep.
6: Planned Potluck.
2: Planned luck.
7: <laughs>
6: <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> so
7: it wasn't part. really pot like after all they, they'd actually
8: curated maybe, a, a bunch of acts to the, go
2: on it yeah maybe that was the thing is that they had some good acts and some not so good acts. did you have yes. to do like a
8: pre-audition thing beforehand so they could
0: i, I don't remember to be honest but i would have probably had to yeah just a quick one though was there any option for when you did your performance you had you had the live band there for you, correct?
2: Yeah, for Mary that was a tape. Tape,
0: okay. Yeah. I, I can't remember
2: some shows. I honestly don't remember some shows. I had sheet music, and the, the band would play live. Others we had a recording to play off.
0: Yeah, because I so know not... that. Say with uh, Crystal Crawl uh, from a previous episode, while she was standing there singing um, off key, uh, quality off key, but uh, the, the band <laughs> was there playing in the background. She
3: she was she was also way off time. Just to just to uh, recap mm-hmm. that,
0: yeah. Yeah, well, I, I
2: think because it might have been a live because the, the backing track was a bit different. If, if you watch, you'll notice I actually start too early, so it could be the intro was a bit different from what I was used to. If you watch, you'll see it? I go, ding, yeah, yeah. Ding,
1: ding, ding.
2: Mm. Um, so, yeah, maybe it was a live band and they just, I just didn't, I don't remember. Honestly, I was looking at the audience, so I wasn't paying too much attention. Mm-hmm. Don't blame you,
0: it was such a long time ago.
2: And it was a very long time. I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> the the, the yeah.
0: lockdown
3: is doing that to all of us, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's the lockdown. You are doing some fancy footwork um, underneath mm-hmm. the table in that, uh, in that potluck uh, uh, clip, though.
2: Yeah. Yeah, my mum tells me that my dad, because my dad used to play the bells, and apparently he did very similar footwork. So I don't know why. It's just <laughs> part of the... Getting into the, the moment, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: just very quickly to, to go back to the Nelligan sisters. It's amazing how much of a time capsule this uh, potluck is because, mm. um, yeah, it's from 1987, and uh, the sisters are doing a Madonna um track from 1986. And we, we, we do get this sort of interesting sort of flavor of, of mid to late 80s throughout some of these yeah.
0: other potluck um uh, clips, yeah. I will say, uh, because Daniel, you're based in Adelaide.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm based on the Gold Coast, but I come from New South Wales or mainly Southwest Sydney, Campbelltown. So when they <laughs> mention when they <laughs> mentions they're from Campbelltown, I'm not sure if it's Campbelltown, New South Wales or Campbelltown, South Australia. Yeah, I was kind of wondering that as well. But how I'm,
6: rude was he when he said Campbelltown or where? Oh, it's so
7: it? snobby, isn't it? Oh, oh, yeah, it's like cool a
6: cultural wasteland,
8: and you're just not going to get <laughs> it. Are there, there any musicians in Campbelltown? <laughs> oh, fuck off,
7: Bert.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, my Campbelltown uh, had Nathan Foley from High Five uh, and Human Nature spring from there. So <laughs> that's all I've got. Well, that's so there are musicians in Campbelltown. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it is the Adelaide Campbelltown
3: then. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, but, what, was, uh,
7: pot, was pot? I thought potluck was made in Adelaide. I, I don't know if it was. was. Was it Remy or was it Melbourne uh, or
2: somewhere? Filmed, we filmed in Brisbane.
7: Oh, Brisbane. Really? Okay,
2: I'm pretty nice. sure I filmed in Brisbane. And maybe okay.
0: they did tours. Yeah, that, yeah that's
3: a, that's what I'm
2: thinking.
3: Yeah, because mm. uh, well, because uh, uh, there is uh, oh, there is one act. A, a lot, a lot further down in the series, um, who uh, is well known in Adelaide.
0: Right. Right. Well, I'll
3: play you uh,
0: Bernard's uh, reaction.
4: Women aren't doing well today, are they? <laughs> <Yeah>. mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> for girls, what preparation did you two do? For this? <laughs> you found the frock and you combed your hair and you put on your eyeshadow. But what else did you do?
7: Well, we didn't really do that much practice. You, you certainly didn't. <laughs> didn't. You didn't learn the
4: damn lyric of the song and you scratch your nose on stage just awful work, girls are there any musicians in campbell town or wherever that is anyone <laughs> that you can rehearse with no no. no leave the suburb darling go <laughs> go somewhere with music and musicians and art and beauty all around you and don't listen to madonna ever again poor darlings what a handicap you must have you don't get the job
0: 16, wow. Mm. Oh, Campbell goodness. Town. Oh, God. Fa-
7: fair enough to have a go at them for not rehearsing properly, but but some of those comments are really a bit on the nose, aren't they?
0: I just oh, love the fact okay. that one of the Nelligan sisters just like, yeah, we, 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 you're a nerd one. <laughs> yeah, Temple. no, we missed practice. <laughs> yeah. oh,
1: no, you goodness. did not. <laughs> <laughs>
6: But also can we talk about their costume or well, not costume but their outfit? It's oh, like no, oh, yes. teacher, like isn't it? <laughs> All I'm reminded
3: of is that outfit that Violet Beauregard wears <laughs> yes. in Billy Monka before
7: she blows up.
6: Or well, maybe it's the one yeah. after she
7: blows up. It's like it's that shade of violet. It is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But the the drop waist as well that was such a mid 80s look wasn't it the yeah. drop waist and the bows Delta on it and jacket. and and that 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 shiny fabric oh god i used to wear stuff like that in the 80s when I, I was a little girl though but teenagers didn't look quite so good in that stuff it was kind of fabulous that it was true blue
6: Um, Well
0: done, Nelligan
6: Sisters.
0: (laughs) With their score of 16, Daniel, what have you got so far with the Potluck scores?
3: Okay, so uh, the Nelligan Sisters getting 16, that puts them into third place um, on the uh, Potluck leaderboard from uh, what we've seen so far this series. So just to recap, uh, in fifth place on 10 points, we've got Krista Kruhl singing You Keep Me Hanging On. Uh, In fourth uh, place on 15 points, we've got David Tai. In the third place on 16 points, we've got the Nelgan Sisters. In second place on 20 points, we've got the Spangles, who did uh, a um, a much better cover of Venus than uh, the Nelgan Sisters, in my opinion. And in first place on 40 points, it's Piffy! (laughs) Yay! (laughs) (laughs) And let me say, Remy... You're going to be pretty hard to beat uh, with all of the potluck classics that come up um, in the next fifteen episodes.
2: Yeah, well, you know that's that's not really a claim to anything <laughs> to be proud of. Though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> True love, You're the one. <laughs>
6: Of a a three AM walking home from the pub version of Truth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
8: why don't you play that when you open your nightclub again? (laughs) What
7: the reaction is
8: when you're about to shut. (laughs) Yeah, if if (laughs) anyone knows how how to contact the Nelligan
0: sisters, (laughs) Remy will book you. All right, and oh, speaking of which, Graham and the Colonel, and they requested it, and they got it, so they've got. A certain someone performing uh, Keith Mansfield's Light and tuneful, straight from the KPM production library.
5: Ladies and gentlemen, Graham and the Colonel's opening theme tune as performed by Piffy!
8: Great. And you only had, what, a couple of days? to really... okay.
2: Yeah. No, I didn't have time at all. Yeah. Because we have to... Yeah, yeah because <laughs> we, we couldn't just email stuff you know we had to wait for them to send it up and...
3: yeah and and remy you you got a great uh, reaction from from the audience i think because like at first there was sort of a bit of disbelief and a bit of laughter but then sort of towards the end they really you know uh, applaud for you and and sort of see that uh, you're really doing it you know you're really you know, that I got, talented I got standing ovation yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> i was gonna say what was the
2: key about what was what?
0: there's there there a metal. There's object a thing that you put like in between
2: your teeth. Okay. I never explained it. A, that's just a bell. There's a bell at each end, and it's just a stick, and you shake oh, it. it
6: oh, amazing! For ages, I thought
0: it was like a key. Like it was a joke, which uh, Graham and the Colonel were going to uh, mention. You know, you've got the key to the city or the whatever. Never even
2: thought of that. No, it's just a. Uh, it's just two more bells. So, oh. <laughs>
1: <'cause> <laughs> I quite gl- fit gl-
2: gl- four bells in my little fingers. So that was the other way
0: to get the last. <laughs> That's cool. All right, well, that solves that twenty-nine-year-old uh, issue. Yeah, <laughs> well,
1: I'm,
3: I'm. I'm also impressed. After you do that, you have to sort of rearrange the bells, so you're 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 quickly ringing them to work out the key. And I, I was quite impressed
0: by how quickly you did that. Oh,
2: thank mm. you. Yeah, because you can't really tell looking at them. You have to just
0: give a quick. Yeah, no, This Sir uh, Graham and the Colonel was pretty pretty short. They were talking about Steffi Graf's uh, stalker still around, which uh, it was a joke that just. Nowhere. I see that the
5: stalker's still been yelling out at Steffi Graff? Hey, Graf. that, that horrible stalker still. Know been, that. Yeah, yeah. It's, haven't you heard it all no, week? No, no, no. That mysterious voice yelling out, "Love 15. Oh, the stalker!
4: <laughs> Hi, please, <laughs> second service.
5: You, he's been relentless. Time, Time please, Miss Graf. He why, just, why, yeah. why the umpire doesn't stop him is beyond me. I mean, the guy's even got a loudspeaker. The guy's got a loudspeaker for Christ's sake. Just, Christ Christ just a couple of bars. Just enough. That's enough. <a, laughs> that's a... Just nice. a <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you might, you might be able to feel the moment to do it as we go
7: along. <laughs> so, so you're sitting behind Graham and the Colonel doing their sort of standard routine about sport. What, what's going yeah. through your mind? Do, do you but have I, any idea what they're doing?
2: <laughs> no, I was completely out of my comfort zone. I had no idea what was going on. He <laughs>
7: uh,
2: like, told me to play. Oh, OK, I'll play something. OK. And then I'm sitting there thinking, I don't know if they're going to talk to me. I'm thinking, I, I just have no idea what was going on. And I was very, like you probably tell I was very, very shy. And so mm-hmm. I didn't say mm-hmm. much. I just sat there watching them. <laughs> <smiling>. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I'm here. It's close <laughs> though. Okay.
6: It doesn't come off as awkward or
2: anything. No. Oh, that's good. <laughs> they, watching they it again. Man.
6: to uh, get a lot
3: of comedy mileage out of you as well. Like, not, oh. Like, like Not not only just the concept of bell ringing, but also your outfit as well, which isn't too bad, I think. Hey, even have even,
8: even, cool, even, even for 1993. <laughs> yeah, Bruce um,
2: Seinfeld yeah. had a shirt like that.
8: That was cool. Yeah, a puppy shirt. Uh, iconic hairstyle of the 90s. Oh, yeah, that was,
2: that was really... Yeah. <laughs> that was very <laughs> 90s. Um, I loved the, the bit with the uh, the bells where you're saying, i would teach kids bells in school. <laughs> like, <laughs> wouldn't know when the class starts or no, finishes. That, that was my favourite.
0: <laughs> They also spoke about uh, John Newcombe's tennis tips um, and how much they're annoying on TV. And then Graham and the Colonel said, we did it first, going back to 1953. And they do the black and white, you know, back in this day, we did this. Yeah, nice little produced sketch, yeah.
6: You know the first line that um, Graham has, which is, these Slazenger rackets will last you forever. (laughs) And that is so true. I mean, every garage in Australia has one of those wooden, Slazenger racket. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and are they, is that the brand that they um, retrofied in any questions for Ben? If anybody's unwrapped it and watched it. Oh. <laughs> you know, I know what yeah. That's
0: a nice throwback. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I, I don't know uh, uh, what it was in any questions for Ben, but in the sketch, they were talking about the Slazenger match points. A tennis racket and the Dunlop Foley shoes. Yeah.
8: For some reason when uh, Santo just goes phew I'm tired. That was just one of those <laughs> random quotes we would always say at school. Phew
6: <laughs> I'm tired.
8: I don't know why.
0: You <laughs> 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 <And she> just phew <laughs> Yo, I'm tired.
6: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they did it so great yeah.
0: <laughs> and the colonel made claim that uh, the first tennis racket was made out of lead. Well, he had made it out of lead and uh also made one out of balsa.
6: Yeah. The lead one was the first double-handed backhand. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And uh, then they realised they were going on for too long because you hear the cyclops beep. Yeah. And then they get Piffy to play out the segment. I'm not going to play that, so I don't have it lined up. (laughs) Can you
7: give us a live
8: rendition now?
0: (laughs) I can't remember it.
2: Oh my god!
0: <laughs> that's amazing. Had no idea that you had that set up. Ah.
1: Oh.
2: <laughs> that's why, yeah, that's why my son saw them because I, was, I brought them out just in case, you know. I thought, oh, wonder if they still work?
0: Well, mate, everyone's <laughs> jaw dropped when you did that. So you couldn't see us on the screen. That was amazing. I should
2: I should have prepared this tune though, so I was ready to actually play it properly. But
0: D- do you have a moment? Do I have a moment too. No, what's your favourite tune? You play anything? Can you play anything right now?
2: Oh, how about um? Oh, hang on. <laughs> I would have loved to play "Smoke on the Water." I should have prepared.
7: <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, we'll settle for this when the Saints go marching in. That, that's fine.
2: So now you just have question.
8: to. You'll now just have to do Bluey or something for, you, for your son.
2: Yeah, he's, yeah he's, he, loves, uh, he loves Bob the Train. So that's it. Uh, I'll have to find something on there for him. Biffy, but,
5: smoke on the water.
2: Uh, one day I'll have to do it, though. I always think, I must learn
5: yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 no, <like> that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> on so Oh. Do hey, well done, mate. Hey. Hey.
0: All right, and now we have the closing, uh, which is the musical finale. Mick was meant to get Frente accidentally Kelly Street, but he ends up getting Gabriel Gatte.
9: Accidentally Kelly Street, where friends and strangers sometimes meet. <laughs>
0: and then they showed the uh, photoshopped front cover of Juice with uh, Angie Hart's body, but Gabriel's head.
7: Mm. Yeah, that, that was a really iconic um, magazine cover it, in, it in that era. I, I had a copy of that magazine. I don't know if I've still got it, but
0: yeah. Well, here's something yeah. that none of you know about this. Remember when we caught up with Angie Hart in episode 20 of the Champagne Comedy Podcast? Well, this is the bit that I left out in the original interview because I also sent the clip to Angie with Gabrielle Gattay performing. This is her response. What did you think of Gabriel Gattay performing your song? Look.
6: Possibly a better version than now. Logically, <laughs> uh, definitely
8: stronger. <laughs> and, and I really loved his um, magazine cover at the end. I thought he looked hot.
6: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Yeah, I thought that Gabriel Gate did a really good job. Actually, this is one of my favourite musical finales. There's something mm. really sweet about the way he just yeah. goes all in, and he just. Mm. Yeah, it's a really yeah.
8: wholesome wholesome bit of TV. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
7: Yeah,
0: he just he just chucks himself into it and delivers a really great song. Well <laughs> funny that because I decided to reach out to Gabriel Gate to get his <gasps> <laughs> Uh, yes. Gabriel it. Yeah, and <laughs> the funny thing is, I, when I sent him the email to say, hey, can we have a quick chat, I forgot all about it. And when I got a random phone call from a number that I didn't recognise, because of his thick accent, I thought that he might have been a scam caller because I had gotten a lot of them that day. <laughs> and I was about to hang up on him. <laughs> but this is what he had to say about filming and actually singing the song.
9: Bonjour, it's a pleasure. Uh... I've got a fond uh, memory of, um, of that particular time, uh, twenty twenty eight years ago, because um, it was fun to do, um, and then there was great reaction from people. It was, uh, you know, and I've, you know, I still watch it from time to time, and I think it's quite amusing.
0: You're writing on the success of your show, "What's Cooking," which was shown on Channel Nine, correct? Yes,
9: yes, uh, I did "What's Cooking" for two years, and that was actually. Part of the you know the creating team of the of the show, and it was um, lots of television, and I certainly understood very quickly uh, because I was working with with Colette Mann at the time uh, on What's Cooking. That uh, television is about entertainment. So uh, when I was uh, asked to uh, to do uh, you know the Late Show, um, you know I, I thought that would be fun to do. Let's go, let's go for it, even if I make a fool of myself. <laughs>
0: So when they actually approached you for this, were you aware of Frente at the time?
9: I I didn't know much about Frente. I I kind of knew the tune. Uh, But what happened is that uh, before I was cooking, I was involved with uh, a lifestyle show that was actually the very, very first one of its kind called Everybody. And Jane Kennedy was one of the... uh, We were four four presenters, I think, and Jane Kennedy... uh, was one of them and I was so we, we worked together with Jen before you know the, the working dogs and, and all of that so it is um, it was if you want uh, there, there was a connection there they, they knew me and um, and what cooking was very popular on television you know, we got nominated for uh, for a lobby uh, it, it was so cooking it was just starting but where people appreciated cooking on television and I think what we did was was pretty good so um, it was popular.
0: So where was this filmed? Was this filmed in Melbourne, or because weren't you based in Sydney for a while? No, no. no.
9: I, I'm really. Uh, my wife is from Melbourne originally, and we have been living in Melbourne for uh, for a long time now, since the uh, the early 80s. Uh, so it was it was filmed in the. I think at the television station. Um, was it in South Melbourne somewhere and? Um, it didn't really last very long, you know, like uh, they were pretty ready when I come. I came, you know, to go to the makeup room and they had sent me the music that I was playing in my car. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was very nervous because I, uh, it's very tricky. Uh, I've done lots of things, you know, on television, but singing um, on a tune in a foreign language and try to make it interesting and funny was, was a big challenge. Uh, they had given me a script a funny script um, that was not the, the real world of words of the the song, but um, you know some of them were, uh, and I had to modify it slightly so I, I could pronounce the the words so people could understand. <laughs> and then I added a little bit of my own, especially towards the end of the of the piece when. Uh, you know, I put a bit of French in, into it, and it was you know it really worked well. I, I think we did maybe two takes or three takes, um, which which is a relief, you know. And and I was got in the mood quite quickly, so it I was you know like um, I was pleased because sometimes it can go terribly wrong and you make a, a real fool of yourself.
0: Well, this shows that you're a great sport because uh, yeah, you did throw in a uh, plastic Bertrand uh, towards the end. So yes, yeah. <laughs>
9: that was, Everyone knew that. So I thought, um, you know, let's put that on uh, accidentally Kelly Street, uh, you know, Rude Kelly. I, I put that, that French line into it. And, um, and at, at, at the time I was thinking, taking singing classes. I have a friend, that, um, a good friend that was a, a singer. And um, he had told me that taking uh, cooking, uh, singing classes would probably be good for my, my voice projection. So I thought, oh, well, that would be an exercise.
0: So after this musical finale that you performed on TV, were you approached in public at all for people to do a, a, more renditions of it?
9: No, not really, but many people mentioned it and they often talked about the one that John Kerner did, you know, as their two favourite one. Oh, um, wow. And uh, so I was, <laughs> I was, you know, <laughs> it's always nice when people say good things about you, it's pleasant, you know, because it's the business of television, especially with what I do, cooking, is extremely demanding. There's lots of preparations, you've got to look good, the timing is is key, there's never enough time, you know, we, you are never given enough, enough time to do what you really want to do. Um, so uh, it was pleasing that, uh, you know, it worked well and it was amusing and, you know, it's good to, as we say, to take the peace out of ourself when you, you know, do something like that. It's, uh, you know, life is not serious. It, Especially at the moment with COVID, you, you know, you need more of those um, to uh, to cheer up and just to relax and to smile.
0: I sent you the audio file of Angie Hart commenting on your act, really, your performance of their songs. What did you think of uh, Angie's feedback?
9: It was good because, uh, well, you know, I became interested in her after singing a song, you know, what an honour. <laughs> you know, she, she's very... Uh, can see she 's very amused by it. you know there's a smile uh, in a voice from the first word she says to to the last one and, and then she looks she enjoys seeing me at the end on the poster half naked, so you know <laughs> I, I think, well, she loves me, I love her everything This it, it was a marriage made in heaven.
0: <laughs> Gabrielle, thank you so much for joining.
9: It was a pleasure accidentally, Kelly Street. When boys and girls meet in the street, accidentally Kelly Street, Sa plan pour moi.
3: Did you notice that uh, Gabriel I had the exact same backing track as the parody we heard last season? Accidentally yes. was
1: released.
0: Yes, right ah, Interesting. Yeah. So thank you very much for that, Gabriel. And now the closing credits. And so after the closing credits, we have the ticket plug with Tommy G in the bell ringing clothing. And, I don't know, someone named Piffy again. Oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's no just stealing the spotlight.
7: <laughs> what did you think That's of Tom's um, Piffy outfit, Remy?
2: Uh, look, I was extremely embarrassed by the, <laughs> the blue jumpsuit. Um, I wasn't so embarrassed about the red the red shirt with the big things. I thought that was kind of cool. But the blue jumpsuit, I was very embarrassed. Uh, <laughs> so I was a little bit, uh, uh, a little, yeah... Embarrassed is probably the best word to use for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> especially when he brought it out again. But I honestly, I completely forgot about that third segment. I Until I saw the episode recently, had no memory. And it was only just as I was turning off. Oh, gosh. That.
6: Yeah. No, maybe I had no you memory wouldn't have anything. seen it originally because it only went out to Melbourne viewers that Well, yeah, that but, that I mean,
2: bit. true, but I. Yeah. So obviously I did it. That's <laughs> so I was. <laughs> yeah. And managed, yeah. managed, I to well belt
3: out, uh, managed to belt out a few uh, notes of Lady of Spain for a few seconds as well before <laughs> the chat-off. <channel. laughs> <laughs>
1: mm.
0: Always ready to throw it Lady of Spain in there. You know, that's my, my
1: <laughs>
0: Daniel, was there any Easter eggs in the credits? Uh,
3: again, they're very uh, thin on the ground in season two. Uh, just the special guests, uh, Tony Barber, Remy Broadway, Gabriel Gatte, Mary Guerin, and Tim Lane, um, with uh, Nick Pufalo, who was in the um, Beware of Wog sketch, and uh, Fernanda Ramos. I'm not quite sure who she is. I really hope that she's not the uh, younger listener. The the
6: dumb Oh, no. Yeah, I really hope she isn't. (laughs) Because
3: that's a a cringeworthy line, really, to be known for.
6: Well, she got a credit.
7: (laughs) <laughs> she well, gets a yeah. laugh, you know, gets a really good laugh out of that line. But,
0: yeah, yeah that's it. So other than that, um, that's it for Episode 25 of the Champagne Comedy Podcast. So, yeah, please make sure that if you want to enter any of the competitions, such as winning the sticker and pin, uh, go to our website uh, and also the box set of chances that's up there available as well to enter. Just follow the details. Yeah, so email us, ChampagneLightShow at gmail.com, Twitter at tlschampagne. Website, champagnecomedy.com, Facebook, The Late Show page. God, we've got so much stuff. And also, uh, for a private chat group on this podcast as well, look up Champagne Comedy Podcast on Facebook. Uh, it's on private. Answer the three questions and you're in. Only got it up there because of security reasons. And also our dodgy merchandise store, Redbubble, which is bit.ly slash champagnecomedy, where you can buy some really dodgy stuff. And, uh, well, not dodgy, piss week. This week stuff uh, <laughs> yeah. because it's, it's basically a fundraiser to for us to buy better prizes for you because I'm really trying to save up for one in particular that's coming up really 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 soon. That's the bluey box set. Come on <laughs> you can <laughs> buy a coffee mug and you could win a box set that's worth way a lot more um so yeah, I just want to say thank you so much, Alison, Daniel Kim Prue, as well as our very special guest, Remy. Thank you so much for coming on, mate.
3: Yay! Yay! Yeah, thank, thanks, thanks for, for being part of this. Uh, it's, it's, it's almost like a nostalgia section because, like, we're commenting on a TV show you appeared on about a TV show you appeared on. I'm sure that, you know, like in another decade's time, there'll be a listicle about the podcast, about the TV show, about the TV show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
7: I, I really I really hope there's not another podcast where someone analyzes what we say about the lecture <laughs> oh, that oh, that God. would be far too much no. be awesome. also
0: thank you everyone for submitting questions uh as well. Uh, and also big thank you to Gabriel Cote and also Angie Hart and Steve and oh, the list goes on. Both Steve, actually Steve Elwood and Steve Plunkett. Thank you very much. My name is Matt. This is Champagne Comedy Podcast. I'll catch you next time. See ya.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.
7: I'm going to wait for you, Pippi. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
0: Yeah. The the other soundboard I have, I uh, I had this one here.
7: I just want to pop him on a bit of toast and eat him right up. Oh no, that's
2: going to be funny. Was my wife seeing the episode and saying, "Oh, you used to be good looking."
1: (laughs) Oh.
0: Hey, I'm still recording, so.